Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you might be. I am Nicole BC, and you, you have know everything. everything. Well, this is an interesting topic to tackle, don't you think? Depending on where you're tuning in, uh, (laughs) I had to edit it because apparently describing yourself as dumb is considered to be derogatory. And that's kind of what the whole crux of this episode is about, being the dumbest one in the room and really struggling with that. And I think so many of us are discovering that we have a variety of different containers, definitions, and labels that we fall into or potentially identify with. And some of those can feel like a pretty strong barrier to success, a hindrance to our ability in showing up the way that we might feel like we quote unquote should or wished we could, right? And I was thinking about this I can't remember who I was talking to specifically. I mean, it would have been one of the many people I have the honor of working with, but they described themselves as dumb. And, you know, one of the things as a, as a coach is not to be like, oh no, that's not true. Cause that's the type of conversation you have with your friend. It's really kind of understanding, well, how does something like that, how does a label or potentially even a limiting belief, an assumption, an interpretation, like how does that affect you? Where did that come from? I don't think people are born and come to this realization, I am stupid. But for whatever reason, we have absolutely started to label ourselves as that. And I'll kind of get into my own history with this as we get closer towards the end of this. But the reason I wanted to create this is, firstly, I think we are fragmenting in terms of how we show up, what makes somebody successful, where we discover something or someone or a business or a product. Like... Everything is changing really, really rapidly. I don't, I'm not the first person to say that, obviously. But I think we are also learning to play with some of the concepts or labels that might have felt insulting, that might have felt more like a disability than a diverse ability. And being dumb is not only something that has actually been a huge advantage to me personally. But I think gives us this really interesting opportunity to kind of re-examine and redefine the ways that we might have identified ourselves. And I hope that you walk away with this feeling a little bit challenged and not in like a negative hard way, but in a like, where else am I doing this? Where else am I giving myself excuses or where else am I criticizing how I operate in this world? Because that's been assigned to me or because I have felt like I'm behind as a result. It might seem counterintuitive that being labeled as quote unquote dumb can actually bring about hidden advantages that can contribute to your personal growth and do encourage your own self-improvement. But that is exactly what we are going to dig into now. So stick with me to discover the secret advantages of being dumb, being underestimated, being written off, because it will not only impact the way that you learn and your ability to learn, but also your resilience and your self-confidence. Because it's not just about working smarter. It's also about discovering how you can truly succeed being you. So with that, I mean, you have definitely heard you want to be the dumbest person in the room, but (laughs) 
I'm sure you've also felt like the dumbest person in the room, and it's not what I describe as being a positive experience. It's pretty easy and trite for people like me to get in behind a microphone and tell you to surround yourself with people that are better than you, more experienced than you, more successful than you. But when that happens, it's intimidating as fuck. And <laughs> we might feel afraid to speak up. Or more importantly, kind of the whole advantage of doing something like that is we might be intimidated and not want to ask questions for fear that they'll all realize I am the dumbest one in the room. So if you felt out of your league, like Charlie Brown's parents are lecturing you, and for those of us on uh, my timeline, what I mean by that is wah, 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 wah. when the adults talk, you don't understand what they say in. It's hard to focus on them big words. And for anyone else, just like me, you're probably bitterly humiliated by the question that you just asked because it's so obvious or potentially the way the person you asked it is reacting. Like, have you been here for the last five minutes or five years, friend? You might put yourself in these situations on the regular because you have somehow mastered humility and shame and you recognize that unless you are the dumbest person in the room, there's probably not anything for you to learn in there. But let's accept just for the sake of the rest of our time together during this episode that this is going to be a very common experience. And let's dispel any myths about intelligence being a virtue. And that's challenging because we live in a society that honors and celebrates and worships the shiniest, sparkliest, most successful, smartest, with the most zeros behind an individual in the room. But <laughs> I don't think that person was born like that. I think that person probably started off and has probably allowed themselves to feel pretty stupid most of the time. So how do they do that? How do they master being the dumbest person in the room? How did they make sure that they made the most of that opportunity? And how did they learn to ask the dumb questions proudly? So I just want to paint this picture for you though, because people often tell me I'm smart. I have my own opinions about that. I know I am very hardworking, but I would like to relinquish some of that to be continually be reflected like I'm the busiest person. I am constantly moving. I am very distracted. Like that gets reflected back at, the, at me almost every day. And to be perfectly honest, if I compared today BZ to yesteryear BZ, she ain't got nothing on the productivity of that worker bee. And honestly, like worker bee virtues, as Jessa Reed coined that phrase, or at least as, as far as I'm familiar, just like being intelligent, being the hardest worker may or may not be something to write home about, right? So what I discovered is that through really hard work, I can mask my actual level of intelligence, which I said I have my own opinions about. I did not know how to spell my own name until I was in third grade. Yep. I, uh, you might wonder what BZ stands for or why I use two letters instead of the, I don't know, 14 or 18 that are in my actual name. But I didn't know how to spell my middle name or my last name. And I would just turn my name card around and write it down. That's one of the ways I compensated for my quote-unquote intelligence was that I had my own little hacks of figuring things out. I was pretty aware of the fact that asking somebody how to spell my name was embarrassingly ridiculous. And I should know this by now. I had transferred schools quite a few times by, at that point. And so I was in a new school and I would just, yeah, turn my name card around. And then the young lady sitting next to me 
told on me. She daubed me out, as we would say in Australia, or she tattled on me. It's the Yanks phrasing. And I had to stay in from recess for a week and write my name over and over and over again until, yeah, well, I mean, it was just Monday through Friday. It was neat. It was, I was being punished for being stupid. And I'll tell you what, I did not let anybody know. I still didn't know how to spell my middle name. My middle name is a pretty common spelling, but there's a way that the boys spell it and a way that the girls spell it. So I just guessed it's the way that the girls spell it, right? And uh, it turns out I was I was correct about that. So yeah, I uh, pretty publicly humiliated, you know, like, is, am I not getting into college? Am I not getting jobs because of that? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if y'all have seen my typos and the way that I spell, some might <laughs> and have accused me of having some other uh, diverse abilities. And I don't know that they're wrong. I just, uh, that's, I'm not going to go on my diagnosis tangent. You're welcome. So I think that that particular struggle and what that taught me about public humiliation and shame also little bit of resentment or retribution to a lady sitting next to me. I still remember your name, bitch. Um, no big deal. I discovered that I survived and I don't know how long it took for everybody to forget about it, but I'm pretty sure no one, if, and, and I know this because I'm still friends with somebody that was in that classroom. Uh, no one remembers that, like not even a little bit. When we talk about rewriting your past narratives, that's what we mean. I can go back and sit with that version of Nicole of BZ and be like, yo, you weren't stupid. You have a crazy ass last name. And like, Hey, I know this is a really upsetting experience for you, but in five minutes, none of these other kids are even going to remember it. And in five years, you kind of won't either. That's what we re mean about rewriting the narrative. And the reality is, is both of those experiences taught me to deal with shame and humiliation on what I felt like was a grand scale at that time in my experience. That has served me so well to the point now that I don't even register shame and humiliation. I, it's like a non sequitur. People will point out to me that like I did this and I did that and that was so embarrassing and oh my gosh and how awkward. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like I just normalized those experiences in my own growth and development. And I realize if I'm putting myself in new places with people who are more successful and potentially more intelligent than I am, I'm using air quotes, I'm probably going to feel like a dickhead a lot. Okay, cool. I now actually think that if I feel like a dickhead and if I'm embarrassed and if the situation is awkward, I'm probably doing it right. Not wrong, which is very counterintuitive. And I think counterculture, right? Uh, so I also, you know, I was, this might be a bit of a stretch, but what that learning how to spell my name did teach me is that you can do a lot of work behind the scenes and you can quantum leap in doing that. And so I love going down the rabbit hole. I love researching. I even love practicing. If that allows me to keep up with the people who don't have to or need to do those things in order to sort of comprehend and interpret their reality, like sweet. You know, that's my own kind of superpower. And yeah, it's it's also very productive and rewarding in other, in other aspects. So this beginner's mindset is the first advantage, I think, if you feel like you're quote unquote dumb. And 
What I will say after that, because this, you know, at the, at the end of the day, this is like the very top of the funnel. This is like the 30,000 foot view. We've just simply labeled ourselves as this. Maybe because other people have told us that. Maybe we've had some really shameful, hard experiences. Maybe we feel like it's just really challenging for us and we see other people having a lot of ease with it. So we've come up, we've come up with that conclusion on our own. But I, the, the humble reframe I would offer you is that a beginner's mindset is an incredibly powerful way to approach this world. It not only keeps you humble, but it keeps you curious and relatable. And I'm wondering if you've ever asked for help. Ugh, I mean, I can already hear it. You hate asking for help, right? We all hate asking for help, or I don't know, maybe it's just you. (laughs) So let me ask you a different question. Has anyone ever asked you for help? How did you respond? Or to be even more specific, has anyone ever asked you to share what they think you're good at? As in they asked you for help for a specific thing because they think you have that answer. Maybe it's like how to cook something. Maybe they called you up because they were having a baking issue. Maybe it was a car thing. Maybe it was gardening. Maybe it was writing. Maybe it was tech. I get those calls all the time. How did it feel to be able to answer that question? You probably didn't have to Google it, right? Like you just kind of knew. So is the expectation that you know the answer to every single question or that you shouldn't ask any questions ever because you should know the answer? Yeah, calling you out, I see you. I, I like to relate that back to this beginner's mindset because I think at a certain point, we all kind of forget what it's like to suck at something or be new at something or go somewhere new and not know, you know, every time I go into a new yoga studio, I'm like, hey, so where's the studio room? And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can't believe we didn't say that. Like they just assume I've been there a million times probably because I look like such an amazing yogi. Just kidding. No, they just forget that like not every person walking through your door has done that before. And so I ask, and then, you know, I get the full tour or sometimes I don't. I have to go back and say, cool, where do I get the blocks? Or like which studio? Because there's multiple rooms. I could feel embarrassed and weird about that. Or I could be reminding this person how to do their job better and give them an opportunity to be extra helpful and really shine for somebody else. So I think, you know, that beginner's mindset is amazing because we approach the world in it with a curious eyes. And rather than thinking we know everything, we have this opportunity to start fresh and to bring a fresh energy to an experience. And we're going to discover new things. More importantly, when you feel like this, it's inviting. People are, people are so willing to actually help when they can, obviously, when they have the capacity. So that does bring me to point number two, that when we acknowledge our lack of expertise in a certain area, we literally quantum leap our up level and our growth. We basically say, hey, I'm here at a lower point and I'd like to be here at a higher point. People who have that, like, I'm smart and I know it all, and I know you know who I am talking about. Somebody just jumped out at you. Those people aren't looking for growth and development. And they're a little hard to like work with sometimes. I was actually at the bookstore the other day and a woman was reading through some of the books on music theory. And the guy next to her was like, I am really good at music theory. Don't you kind of like anytime somebody declaratively states that, my first instinct is, but are you? 
Because I kind of found that people that are really good at shit don't need to walk around going, I'm really good at this. Like they, they just, they just are really good at that. Anyway, I digress. People who are willing to accept, not obsess over, just simply accept certain limitations in certain areas are generally going to get a leg up because they're going to seek out or potentially just even attract help. And that's going to quantum leap their experience. Not just allowing them to find new things, to stay curious in that beginner's mindset, but to potentially find a shortcut or a hidden passageway or a totally new treasure because they're just approaching things in an approachable way. <laughs> like I, I've, so I've played the underestimate me card regularly for any woman out there. <laughs> you don't even have to play it. It's just the hand that you were dealt. And I had some like catchy, you know, non-binary thing as well. But there's something about being a woman, especially in certain places like tech, that you find yourself being mansplained in a way that you wonder if they think you don't even speak their native language, like that you're you're uh, speaking from different cultures. It's pretty wild. Um, and and so like me, tech. This is all going to be very stereotypical gendered conversation here, but like I get technology. If we're talking about cars, zero fucks. If you, if you start to try to explain to me how my car works or remind me that I probably should be able to change my own oil or um, put air in my tires, uh, <laughs> like I just don't, I don't care. I don't want help. I just want you to do it for me. But in other places, I really do want to learn. And sometimes I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Very rarely, let's be real, but <laughs> sometimes I'm, I am actually the expert in the room. And I used to play this particular game regularly in the music industry because when I was getting started and really for my first tenure, I was not only the youngest person in the room, but I was generally the only female. And after people realized I wasn't just dating someone in the room or there to be dating someone in the room, they realized I was there to make a deal. And my quote unquote ignorance was a huge help because I could bat my eyelashes and raise the tone of my voice just ever so slightly and ask the, the brave and courageous men to help me with this pricing or how to get my foot in the door somewhere. And they would divulge everything because they totally underestimated me. And then when we were sitting around at the deal table the next day or potentially later that evening, I was able to give them all of the information that they shared with me earlier, completely underestimating me. And it's how I was able to negotiate pricing. It's how I was able to get my artists into bigger, better spaces at better slot times. It was how I was able to get better pricing on expenses and it was because these guys just thought I was a freaking idiot. And I could just literally repeat back their words to them when I asked them for help. So that was like a really interesting point of leverage that actually people underestimating me and thinking that I'm dumb because of their own assumptions could really work to my advantage. And not just in terms of they didn't think I knew anything, but also at like the pace at which I could move or the level of which I was willing to work or the presence within which I would show up. Like being underestimated just means you can consistently 
under promise and over deliver. Like you will forever and always exceed people's expectations. It's not a bad tactic, especially when you're first getting started. But another thing that I discovered is that people actually really do love to help. They want to feel like the expert in the room. They want to be able to share all of their wisdom and skill set and expertise. It generally makes them feel good on an egoic level, but like actually helping somebody feels good at a heart level, like a soul level as well. And additionally, like depending on the relationship, there can be a a, a reciprocity that is expected, like in a mentorship. It's like, well, I'm helping you with my skills and expertise and potentially connections. You can help me because you're going to be moving in a completely different space than I am that I might still want access to, or you might have your own network or your own industry or your own expertise you're now bringing into this like Venn diagram of our shared relationship. So you create this level of trust and you build out these alliances that can again quantum leap your experience and really leverage your own success. It's definitely how I've inserted myself into more profitable paths, but I like have watched people really take advantage of of the fact that they think they're dumb because it it forces you like it's it's you know this term that i use regularly it's this creative constraint well if i can't match them on an intellectual level how can i work around that how can i flow around this potential obstacle so we have this beginner's mindset. We have this leverage now from supporting and helping ourselves and in so doing that for others. But who cares, right? So what? I think <laughs> it's almost like going right back to the beginning. We've almost accepted a failure in ourselves. We've gone, okay, well, this isn't something I'm going to address. Like, I'm not going to study harder. I'm not going to keep trying. I'm just going to go, okay, that's part of me. And I'm going to focus on these other things that I can do. This willingness to accept defeat and keep moving is part of the learning process just in general. It's our own success strategy. And I think it shows us that we, like, nothing can really keep us from what we desire except for ourselves going, okay, well, I can't ever do anything because I'm dumb. It's like, okay, well, I'm dumb, but like, I'm really strong or I'm really networked or I, I'm really great. I might be dumb at writing, but I'm really great at this technical stuff. And that resilience, that self-belief and self-faith builds this character, this avatar that is ultimately confident. You understand not only is failure not the end, but it's actually a stepping stone towards growth. And like (laughs) the real aha moment I had when researching this was that what we're learning is that it takes all types, right? Like what makes you good at being you is really different than what make me good at being me. And so often our definition of self-confidence is externalized. Like in order to be self-confident, I had this conversation the other day with somebody who was talking about how they felt uncomfortable giving advice when they felt like they were in a really stagnant space in their life. Like they just weren't getting the results that they wanted, but like they're very far along on their journey. Like they've created success that any one of us would be incredibly impressed by. And it's just not one of their like, I don't know, firing on all cylinders moments. 
But yet they've got a lot of people that come to them and say like, hey, can you help with this? They didn't feel like they could help because they didn't feel like they had the thing that the person was asking about. Understanding we're all going to ebb and flow. We're all going to have our ups and downs. And it's in our downs or it's in the places where we feel insecure. That's firstly where we build real connection and vulnerability and trust. Like trust doesn't come out of everything just being fine all of the time. I used to say, I don't believe I have a real friendship with somebody until we've gotten into a fight <laughs> because like, I need to know we can weather the storm. Right. And that's what I mean about, you know, this the, calling ourselves dumb is like basically admitting like it's not all good. And in fact, there's some stuff that's like bad. I, at least I think it's bad and it's not going to get any better, but we get to then wrap that into this overall definition of success and confidence and ability and diverse abilities, right? And diverse skill sets and strengths. And so no longer are there these cookie cutter definitions of what success should look like, of what a happy person has to be, of what someone who is creative or wealthy or healthy, like what they look like or how they show up. So, this malleability, I think, that is happening in, in all of our like space-time continuums is a really, really special time to start playing, playing with and paying attention to those things that you might have felt like were your weaknesses. You know, everybody always says to me, I don't know what I know. Help me see my blind spots. And it's like, I can't. They're your blind spots for a reason. <laughs> you can't see them. You know, I like do what I consider anybody actually dumb. No, but I, I do think there's some things that our brain just does not want to think about. Like my fucking calendar. I get tech. I get calendars. Like, why can I not schedule a goddamn appointment to save my life? I mean, maybe because I keep saying that out loud over and over again. Let's just be real about that. But also, it's just some, it's just a blind spot for me. My brain does not see it and doesn't want to see it. Does that make me dumb? Yeah, a lot. Calendars, scheduling. I mean, that's like fucking life 101 right there. Does that make me unsuccessful? Absolutely not. Does it make me kind of quirky and memorable? I mean, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> So, you know, this resistance that we experience, these insecurities, these, these externalized definitions, whether it's a failure or success, like working through those, accepting them for what they are, just moments in time of discomfort is literally how you build resilience, strength, and confidence. And I think the sooner we all get to recognizing it takes all types, then at different points in our lives, we're going to shine at different things. We can describe that however we want. You can be dumb. I have no problems with your calling yourself dumb. But recognize like if that label holds you back from doing the things you want to do and that doesn't feel good, this might be the opportunity to reevaluate it. The advantages of your disadvantages, disadvantage may not be initially apparent, but give yourself the opportunity to look back at that narrative, look back at that past story. And maybe this is your opportunity to rewrite it as your superpower instead of your kryptonite, right? By adopting this beginner's mindset, by embracing all of whom we are, including the mistakes or the judgments or the shameful bits, we navigate our personal journeys in a way that is uniquely ours. That is what is going to differentiate you. And not that you have to like tell your weird ass story on social media or whatever it is. But this will help you tune into your own self-worth, what makes you so valuable, if to no one else other than you. Thank you.
That was a fun one. That kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I think I was talking about myself as being dumb. But I would love to hear from you. I would love to get comments in any way, shape, or form. You can always email me with any ideas or questions you might have. Hello at NicoleBZ.com. You can also go to my website, see whatever fun thing I'm working on at the moment. There's usually something very random. You can find me on all of the social channels at the BZ channel. And I think that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for being here. I do this for you and I can't wait to do it again. Bye.